Well, I'm so glad to see you. Uh, I have a friend with me on stage. If you've been around 4C for any length of time, going back a few years, you recognize this guy. This is Justin Swartwad. He's the pastor at City Hill Church. Yeah. Yeah, you have friends here. Justin and his wife, Bobby, helped us start this church uh, almost 15 years ago. It was about 15 years ago we were sitting in a park, at a park bench, having a conversation about the Lord and what God wanted to do with your life, and I asked you to be a part of helping make this church happen, and you guys, for just years and years, blood, sweat, and tears, man, made yeah. this thing happen. But a few years ago, the Lord called you to be a pastor, and uh, you stepped into uh, City Hill Church, mm -hmm. and uh, how long have you guys been doing that now? Uh, about three years. We just uh, celebrated about three years of City Hill Church. And you just moved from the Winton Woods area into the Freshman Lakota building, right? Look, Freshman West? Yes, the Lakota West Freshman, which is the old high school. Great space. It's been awesome. So. Yeah, and uh, they are just killing it there. And today I thought it'd be a privilege uh, for you guys to hear from one of my closest friends and a pastor I have the utmost respect for. Would you give it up for Justin Swartwell? Would you do that? Make him feel welcome. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Would you guys do a, a, a favor for me? Uh, this is a huge honor for me. It's like coming home. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit about my story, but I'm telling you right now, um, your pastor, my pastor, Pastor Ben, is very special to me. In fact, I wouldn't be standing up here, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for that conversation when he said, you have a call of ministry on your life, and what are you going to do with that? And he let me do a lot of different things uh, early on. And I just want to show honor where honors do, like the Bible says. Will you stand to your feet and honor your pastor, my pastor, Pastor Ben Hodges and his wife, Jill? I love them. I'm telling you, it is such a treat to be with you today. Uh, if you don't get anything out of this, I will, because this is like coming home. It's so much fun. Um, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you. You guys made it to the early service, and you missed an hour of sleep. Anybody feeling it? Or is it just me? Did you have the, the largest coffee this morning? I'm telling you what, I, I was so excited. I didn't sleep much last night because I knew I got to come here and, and preach the word to you today. But um, I've been sharing a lot of different things with my church this past year. And I know you just came out of a series on freedom. And I was watching those sermons, I was thinking about what to share with you today. I didn't want to just mail something in. Well, it happens to be that for, for myself and City Hill Church, the word that we got last year was freedom, was freedom. And it was, it's been in my heart and been in my spirit so much about freedom. And I want to share with you a little bit more. I want to piggyback on what Pastor Ben and the other pastors have been teaching on this idea of freedom. Now, freedom in our country, it's like Fourth of July, apple pie, right? We share a lot of, we talk a lot about freedom. It's, it's a part of our DNA as Americans. But I think sometimes we don't fully get the true meaning of what it means to be free. Can you imagine what it would look like if you were without shame? What life would look like without guilt? I don't know about you, but I have faced and I have felt crushing guilt for things I've said and done. But the truth of the matter is, I believe that God's heart for you, your pastor's heart for you, is that you would live a life completely free. And not just free, but fully alive. I don't know if you wake up and you have this feeling of expectation and excitement and energy when you get out of bed and think, 
what, what does God have for me today? Or these next up, upcoming days and years of my life. But I believe that, that the life God has for you is a life free and fully alive. And when you have freedom, you will experience what life has meant to be lived is fully alive. Jesus said that he came to give us life and life to the full. Does anybody want that or is it just me? I want to live a life that is free and fully alive. I want to share with you uh, in Mark chapter 4, if you have your Bible with you. But before we get into that, the truth of the matter is this. We want to be free. We want to be fully alive. But we have an enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He binds us up. He messes us up. He tries to tie us up beat us down, break you down. You live in this world long enough, you're going to feel the pressure of that. Beat up, tied up, bound up. And Jesus has come to what? Set the captives free. The truth of it is that you can be saved, the church word we use, saved, you can be born again following Jesus, going to heaven and still live a life not fully free. I've met those people. They're called angry Christians. They're, 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 they're not living a life of freedom. In fact, they're bound up, and many times they're bound up with religion. Have you met those people? They're not real nice. And they're bound up, and, and, and God's design for you is that you would just be going to heaven, but you would live a life that is truly free. So I'm going to read the scripture, this this passage to you. And it's a familiar story. If you've been around church, uh, if you're familiar with the the Bible at all, you're going to hear this story. You're going to be familiar with it. But I want to share something that many times I think we can look past and, and read the text and not really get the nugget that is in there for us. Have you ever lived your life or you, you, you wake up and, and sometimes you wonder, am I really good at anything? Am I created to be exceptional at anything? I feel like most of my life I've, I've been a uh, jack of all trades and master of none. Has anybody felt that way? That You're like, you're, you're okay at things but not really exceptional. Well, I want to tell you today that every single one of you are experts at one thing. And this one thing is this, finding all things. Finding things that are just completely awesome. And I'll prove it to you. How many of you spend quite a amount of time that's embarrassing on YouTube watching videos? Come on, raise your hand. You do, don't you? Why? Why do you do that? Because you're looking for something that's awesome. You're like, oh, this is great. Look at this. And you start watching these and, and you're looking for them and you're sending it to your friends and you're saying, oh, this is awesome. We all do that, don't we? Don't, don't nudge your, your, your wife or your, your spouse because, you know, you spend too much time on YouTube. But we do that, don't we? We love Instagram. Anybody like Instagram out there? I love Instagram. I look for things that are awesome all the time. There's this thing I follow called House of Highlights. Anybody the House of Highlights? If you're a sports fan, House of Highlights, they show the best dunks, the best touchdowns. I'm a big sports guy. And, and we watch those because we're looking for something that's like, oh, this is awesome. There's some weird things out on YouTube as well, and it's embarrassing, and none of you are going to admit to it, but there's a YouTube channel that is purely devoted, so much so it's now it's a TV show, 
And if it's you, you're not going to scream and shout and say that's me, but it's all about pimple popping. Have you seen this? Some of you are like, oh, that's me. But your closet, you're like, I'm not going to tell anybody I watched it. It's so popular, it's on like TLC. They got a show. She's popular. I don't know why that's awesome. We're going to have a prayer service for you afterwards if that's you, if you're watching the pimple popping. But we do, we, we, we look at these things. Now, when I was growing up, this is pre-Netflix, pre-DVR, uh, there was a, a show that was really popular on ESPN when ESPN was like popular called Sports Center. Anybody? You know, this is before, yeah, Sports Center. What did they have that encapsulated the entire 24-hour cycle of sports, whether it's, you know, golf, NHL, NBA, whatever it is, they had the top 10 list. Anybody love the, t yeah, the top 10 list, right? You would wait all, all day, all, all program to watch the top 10. And it was the best top 10 plays of whatever sport that was going on. And they looked at that. They boiled it down to what, what we look at is all collectively, we look at that and go, that's awesome. That is awesome. And it's in our DNA. It's part of how we're created. It's all in us to find things that are just completely awesome. We're created to look and point to things that are awesome. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus wants your awesome. He wants to become the most awesome thing in your life. We're created to find awesome, and he is it. And I'm going to look through this passage in Mark 4, 35. If you have your Bible with you, it'll be on the screen. Now, Jesus, he's on the scene. He's doing miracles, he's healing, he's teaching, he's teaching in parables, and, and he's been doing a lot of ministry, and he's starting to gather a crowd around him. In fact, he, he's, at the beginning of chapter 4, he's preaching uh, by the Sea of Galilee in a town called Capernaum, and he's there preaching, and so many people are recognizing this guy, they're like, man, this is pretty awesome, he's healing people, he's, he's preaching with authority that We've never seen before. This, this is pretty awesome. So they start to gather around him and listen to him and hang around him. In fact, so much so, there's so many people, he had to get in a boat and, and actually preach from the boat because to keep people away. This is before microphones, so he would be able to preach and speak to more people. So he's in a boat and he's standing and he's preaching to the crowd. And we pick this up at Mark 4, 35, it says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples Woke him up, shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, these might just seem to be words on a page. But think about 
what's going on in the story, what, what we read here uh, about Jesus. He was doing ministry day after day, all day long. He's healing, he's preaching, he's doing miracles, and he's like, you know, it's time for a break. Let's, let's, let's go to the, what, he, what do he say? Go to the other side of the lake. Let, let's take some time. He's tired. We see that because as soon as he gets in the boat, what does he do? He goes to sleep. Now, I know we're missing an hour, but I need you to wake up. Don't fall asleep when I tell you you're like, that cushion sounds good. Jesus was sleeping because he was exhausted from doing ministry. So the disciples, fishermen, many times we read the Bible and we don't really understand the context of what's going on. These were fishermen. They grew up on that lake. This is their home field. Do you think they've seen storms before? Yeah. Wasn't necessarily anything new, but the storm started to, 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 to blow. The wind started to blow. The, the clouds came in, and they're thinking, oh, this is getting kind of serious. But we're okay. We're fishermen. We've seen this before. We're going to be fine. Jesus is still sleeping. Let him sleep. He's been working hard. But it said that the waves began to hit. These weren't small waves. They started growing in intensity, growing larger and larger to the point where they're, now they're, they're coming over the side of the boat and it's filling with water. And I could see these guys are like, man, we're fishermen. This is, these are our boats. We've seen this before, but they're thinking, at some point, somebody hits the panic button and says, hey, this is getting serious. Somebody wake up Jesus. So they run to him, they wake him up, and they say, don't you care that we're going to die? I can see Jesus getting up, sleep from his eye. All right, guys. Walks to the edge and says, silence, peace, be still. And in that moment, calm comes over the waves, the wind. I can imagine how loud it would have been. Storm, wind, thunder, lightning, waves, and all of a sudden now it is completely still. And something incredible happens in this moment. And if we read through the text without perceiving it and understanding it, we can easily miss it. And for years I've missed this. The all, the all that they had for the storm, the power in the storm, they were so completely terrified. They were so fixated on the power of this storm. Even though Jesus was in proximity, he was in the boat, they were so concerned with this storm, and in that moment, it says in Scripture, when Jesus came and said, silence, peace, be still, that all transferred from the circumstances, from the storms, to Jesus, the one that creates, the one, the, the Lord over the storms. This, this is huge. It all has to do with where our all is, where, where, we, where we look where we see, they had this great amount of fear, it says. They were terrified. They were scared to death. They thought they were going to die. And they were so afraid. And in an instant, when Jesus says, silence, peace, be still, 
that same all transfers to Jesus. Your circumstances, my circumstances, too many times in our life get my all. So many times in life, I go through life and I have storms in my life. And if you're like me and you grew up around Jesus, Jesus is in the boat. He's in close proximity. He's with them. And sometimes when we grow up in church, even though we're around him, he doesn't get our all. I've heard a pastor say this, and I said, sometimes the extraordinary becomes ordinary in our life. And we go to church week after week, and we sing the songs, we do the thing, but for a lot of us, the storms, the circumstances, they get our awe. And many times it looks like this, divorce. You're going through life and divorce happens. Maybe in your life with a loved one, and that gets your awe. That, 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 that goes, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Or maybe you lose your job. That'll wake you up. Maybe something's going on with your kids. And those things happen and they take our, all of our all, all of our concern, all of our focus, and it puts on our circumstances. And Jesus is right here saying, no, no, put your all on me. I'm awesome. And I can calm any storm that's going on in your life. And this is what he does. And, and we see that in this story. But don't miss this. What did Jesus say? When he first got in the boat, what did he say? We're going to the other side. I know last week, Pastor Ben preached on the promises of God. When Jesus makes a promise, he will fulfill it. All the promises in the Bible weren't only for them, they're for you. And we have to hear from him to know the promises. If Jesus says we're getting to the other side of the lake, do you, are you not going to get to the other side of the lake? But this is the Christian life, isn't it? So many times we, we hear the promise and we're like, all right, Jesus, I believe it, I receive it, I'm going on my way, and without a doubt a storm will come up in your life to get your all, to get your attention, these circumstances, these storms, the waves. And somewhere in the middle of these disciples hearing from Jesus saying, we're going to go to the other side of the lake, somewhere in that storm they forgot what Jesus said. They forgot what he said. Do we do that or is it just me? Many times in my life it happens. Like I said, it could be a sickness. It could be your finances. It could be a simple phone call or email. For me recently, I've come out of a horrible sickness. I got shingles. Anybody get shingles? That's miserable. I got it in my eye. I'm telling you right now, that will get, that, that's a storm. When you're in that much pain and there's a storm and, and, and I'm looking in my life and I'm called to do ministry and pastor and lead and, and when you got a storm coming, it will take your all and your focus. But Jesus says, if I say you're going to get to the other side of the lake, you're going to get to the other side of the lake. What does Jesus say in John 16, 33? 
He said, don't forget. He says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. If Jesus says you're going to get there, you're going to get there. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a really good time for an amen. I said, if Jesus says you're going to get there, you're going to get there. There you go. His promises, just like the disciples, just like for them, they're for you. But it's all about where we place our all, what we see awesome. Now, I throw that word around a lot. I think Chick-fil-A is awesome, especially that Chick-fil-A sauce. That will minister to your spirit. (laughs) Have you had that? It's good. But I I throw it around a lot. I, I use awesome, amazing. And sometimes it becomes trivial because you use it so much. And I, I tend to do that as well. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's true. You were created to find all in things. And, and, and look throughout your day, th- throughout your week, what you look at and say, this is awesome. What you're willing to share with the closest people around you. If you find something, you'll send it. What about Jesus? The most awesome thing this world has ever seen. The one that created the earth And everything that you see, I tell this to people all the time that have issues and things. They're real. You're going through something. I guarantee you, people in this room right now, you're going through something, and it is real, and it's getting your attention. The real things that we face in life, I'm here to tell you, the God that created the heavens and the earth can deal with your problem as well if you give it to him. He will handle it. If you give him your focus. Because we read in that that text this fear that they have for the storm. Because you got to understand then the most powerful thing that they would have seen were, were storms. And they had powerful leaders, but they didn't have any authority over storms. And now Jesus is on the scene. He's seen as kind of a a, a religious leader, but he has authority and power over the storm. In that moment when they took their fear and their awe and their awesome off the storm and put it on to Jesus, something happened. They they went from being fans of something that was just kind of cool to now they are full, sold-out followers of Jesus. All in. Sometimes in my life, I don't feel like I'm all in and put my full all and trust into him. And we can't can't miss that. So if you have your notes, there's five things I want to talk about here. If you're taking notes, this would be a good time to write these down. I want to share with you five Five practical things that will help you in this free life, this this fully alive life that God has for you. Not only is it your pastor's heart for you, it's the Father's heart for you. I'm going to give you five practical things that have changed my life. And it started when I started coming to this church 15 years ago. Fresh out of college just married, no kids, I had hair back then, 
didn't know anything. The first one is this. Biblical teaching. Biblical teaching. Now, I, I know you might think, yeah, we're, we're you know, we, we're, we're a country filled with churches, but not all of them teach biblically. Biblical. Right now, you could give yourself a gold star because you're in a church that has a pastor that teaches the word biblically. He doesn't get cute with the scripture. He, he teaches the very word of God, and he understands the context that helped me understand the word. And using illustrations that spoke to my heart, that, that led me closer to God, that, that took my faith that was small, but it began to grow it, and I began to trust in the very word of God because it was preached to me biblically, correctly. So the fact that you're in this church today, you can give yourself a gold star. You're, you're on the right track. Biblical teaching is paramount to having your faith, the awe, grow. The second thing is this. Private discipline. Private discipline. Write that down. So what's private discipline? Well, it is the opportunity you have every single day to lean in to the things of God. One I just mentioned, the, the Word of God. Pressing into the Word of God. For me, my life changed when I was challenged to read this book for myself. Not just on Sundays, not just when we sit in here and, and, and it's up on the screen, but you open this book by yourself. Heard a pastor say this, if you want to change your life, it's not by the big things. It's often by the small things that no one sees that has the biggest, thing, biggest changes in your life that everyone wants. It's the small things over time, and it's getting into the Word for yourself. Changed my life. Changed everything. It grew, grew my, the, the, the faith in me. It grew my awe from, from the world to God. the word of God, but also prayer. You have opportunity to, to start your day speaking to the one that created you by prayer. I'm a big fan of prayer. Big fan of prayer. Jesus says that his house shall be a house of prayer. We have an opportunity to speak to God. Start your day by in the word, in prayer. I'm not talking about a half hour, but give him your best and your first it's so easy to go to that cell phone the first thing in the morning, isn't it? It screams at me. Look at me. Look at me. It, it screams at us. But if you push that away and, and lean into God's word, there ain't nothing on fake book and Insta-sham that's worth. Let's, let's be honest. People are showing you what, the highlights of their life. Lean into the things of God. Private discipline. Biblical teaching. Private discipline. The third one is this. Personal ministry. Personal ministry. Will change your all. Will, will give you a freedom. Now what does that mean, personal ministry? Four corners doesn't just happen. Personal ministry is what's behind me. The band. This tech team back here, 
video, audio, the greeters, the, the hospitality, the people right now in the back watching your children that allow a space for you to hear the word of God. Personal ministry. The Bible says that we all have gifts, skills, abilities, God-given talents. And he wants you to plug into a local church and to use them. I know Pastor Will has several different opportunities to go and do outreach. Try it. Develop this personal ministry in your life and watch your all from the, the things of this world change to God, to Jesus. It's my story. 15 years ago, Pastor Ben said, hey, you seem kind of friendly. Why don't you make coffee and greet people at the front? Okay. Pressing into this personal ministry, this, this idea that I'm a part of the, the, the body, uniquely gifted to serve. And I started to grow. My, my, my faith in Jesus started to grow. My awe in him started to grow. The things of this world just grew strangely dim. My, my, my problems started to diminish as I began to do this and, and flourish. I remember the very first Sunday, I was so excited to be a part of a new church, and, and I'm standing at the door, and a guy named Bubba walks in. It's first Sunday at Four Corners. Do you know who he is? I said, I like you. Why don't you, why don't you serve on the, the welcome greeting team? And we've seen how that's turned out by Bubba pressing in to his personal ministry. And he could testify what God's done in his life. Countless other. I, I saw a teenager come into this church that, that could play and sing a little bit. Pressed into his personal ministry. Guys in the back come in. I, I, don't, I don't know what, what I can do. And maybe I can't teach a Bible study, but I could serve. And I'm guaranteeing you, the guys in the back that are pressing into their personal ministry, something is going on in their heart. If you've not plugged in somewhere to serve, don't be afraid to take a step. It might not be the thing forever, but I'm telling you, you, you keep pressing in and God will show you where he wants to use you. And this will change everything. I started greeting and making coffee and then leading Bible studies. And then Pastor Ben said, you need to go to seminary. And this grew and now I stand before you today just because I pressed into this personal ministry. And it seemed insignificant maybe at, at the time of, of just making coffee. But when you do that, God says when you're faithful with little, he'll give you more. personal ministry. The fourth one is this. A pivotal circumstance. What does that mean? Pivotal circumstances. I've just named several. Understanding that God will use circumstances in your life to speak to you, to grow you. I don't know about you, but the day I got married, life changed. Then I had a, a little girl come along in my life and I became a father, and I'm telling you, life changed. And I found out real quick, life was not about me. Do you know babies do not care about you? <laughs> they care about them when they're going to get fed, when they're going to get their snack. They're also pivotal circumstances in your life. And if you recognize them, you have an opportunity to face them in faith, or in fear. 
faith and fear. Both responses to unknown future circumstances. But if you face them knowing that Jesus is in the boat with you and your awe is on him, you'll face these and you'll look for these circumstances for God to grow you, to mold you, to shape you, to show you things. It happens to me every week. I find a circumstance where God shows me. If you look for him, if your awe and your focus is on him and not being distracted by the wind and the waves of this world. And the last one is this. Providential relationships. Providential relationships. This is my story. I apologize for using my story, but it's the best story I know. It's mine. Providential relationships. Do you know you were created to be in relationship with God, but with one another? It's the relationships that have really, truly helped to keep my focus and my awe on Jesus. The, one, the people around me that spoke into my life when I didn't believe in the, the, the God-given gifts that God gave me and other people saw it in me, the providential relationships. You get those by serving alongside other people in the church. If you're not in a group, I would highly suggest you get in a group have other people speak into your life to do this together. Jesus always sent people out doing ministry together. Jesus was all about relationships. We sharpen each other. We grow each other. You're not meant to do life just by yourself. Show up on Sunday, hear a sermon and go home. You need to be connecting with one another. That's how you'll grow in freedom and fully alive. And as I began to do these five things in my life, it has had the greatest impact. It's why I'm doing what I'm doing today. It's changed my life, my wife, my children, the future, their eternity has changed because of these relationships in my life. And it will do that for you if you step into that. Let me pray as we close this morning. Jesus, we come before you. Lord, I pray for everyone here that is hearing my voice. They would live in freedom, true freedom that you provide, not by a, a great sermon or by an emotional worship, but by you, Lord God. You are the one that sets us free. And you breathe your life into us. Lord, I pray through this series of freedom, Lord, your words would pierce, would break chains. Lord, this morning I'm praying for those that need to be set free, need to take their next bold steps with you. Pray for relationships to flourish. Personal ministry. Private devotion time. Because as we press into you and we lean into those things, Lord, our awe for you grows and our circumstances 
they just grow strangely dim at your awesomeness. This morning we praise you. We thank you. We give you the glory that you and you alone deserve. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Justin, great job, man. Stand here for just a second. How can our church um, pray for you guys at City Hill, for you and Bobby and your kids? How can we pray for you? Just pray that uh, we continue the, the mission of Jesus Christ and, and doing things like this, working together with other churches. I, I love this. This this is my heart. And uh, just pray that uh, God will send us the people that he wants to reach more people for Jesus. Yeah, well, you're... Uh... A son of this congregation and we're very 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 proud of you and um, I thought it honor the Lord if we just pray for Justin and his ministry right now would you bow with me if you're into this sort of thing uh, put your hand forward if you don't mind just as a sign of support if you're not stretch yourself a little bit it's all right all right father thank you for your servant Justin thank you for his wife Bobby Lord thank you for the ministry and the anointing you've put upon them God we pray for greater things we believe you're not done, you're just beginning in their life. We believe that the future is bright because you're in it. I pray, Lord, that your anointing would fall upon his congregation. You would send him servants to stand beside him, to muster together against the forces of darkness in our region. We're grateful for their partnership. Anoint him. Powerful words. Anointed speech. Break chains bring liberty, set the captive free in the mighty name of Jesus because of this ministry. Amen and amen. Would you give it up for Justin? We love you, brother. We love you, man. Hey, if uh, you call this church home, you know what we're getting ready to do. If you're our guest, you're welcome to participate. I'd like for you to pull out your Connect card. This is how we make sure we don't just hear a message, but we actually move forward. It's our primary communication tool as well. I want to give you a chance to take a couple next steps related to the life of this church and your walk with Jesus. So next step A for us is today I'm making Jesus my Savior and Lord. If you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity in just a moment to bow your heads and do some serious business with heaven. To receive the gift of Jesus into your life. To declare to God, God, I can't save myself. So I trust the work that you have done through your son Jesus on the cross and in your resurrection. I trust in that alone. If you're going to pray that prayer with me, if you're already feeling moved, take the pen, check the box, and when the offering buckets, buckets come by in a moment, put it in there. We'll communicate with you about what it means to be a child of God. Our next step B today, I'm choosing to be baptized. You begin the baptism process in our church by checking this box. A member of our staff team will reach out to you and get you baptized. We have a baptism coming up in just a few weeks. Some wonderful time of celebration around here. Now, uh, the next step Step C is I'll commit to John, uh, I'll commit to memorize John 16, 33 to memory. And unfortunately, I don't know what John 16, 33 is, but if you'll check the box, we'll send it to you. And uh, I'll check that one. Jill, if you're over there, grab my Connect card and check that one. I, uh, here's what it says. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Yeah, yeah. Didn't know that one. All right. <laughs> Next step, D says, hey, I'll attend our upcoming worship night on March 13th at 7 p.m. March 13th at 7 p.m. That's this Wednesday 
Um, it's the kickoff for almost 40 days, 39 days between now and Easter, where we're going to focus getting our hearts aligned with all that God wants. And so it's a great time to come with family, uh, bring some friends who maybe can't come on a Sunday, and let's gather together and worship in this place. And then next step B, this is for our guests and folks who've been around that Jill and I haven't had a chance to meet. We have a Meet the Pastor event on March 24th. That's going to happen right out these doors to the right. And if you check the box, we'll send you a little bit of information about it. If you've been bringing a guest with you lately, make sure they come to this. It's just our way to say hello to them and uh, get to know them a little bit. So why don't you set your card aside for a second. If you call this church home, I want to give you a chance to give back to the Lord a portion of what he's blessed you with. So this week, um, the pastors and I had a chance to get away and gather with about 5,000 other pastors and talk about the mission of Jesus in this world. And I got to hang around with a few pastors. And I'm going to tell you, pastors are a weird bunch. Um, It's like they let their guard down when they're around other pastors. And some of my buddies were talking about some of the challenges they were facing in life and in their marriages and with their kids. It was a wonderful time of authenticity and On occasion, they shared a little bit about what was going on in the life of their church. And as I heard those stories, I had two thoughts. One is, I'm just really grateful to be here. I'm grateful to serve you. It's a privilege to walk alongside you in the work of God through this church. And then the second thought I had was, is I'm grateful for your generosity. Because you allow this church to press forward in the ministry God has called us to do by your faithfulness. You've allowed us just over the last few months to expand our kids' space and create space over here on this side of our building to do work with adults. You've allowed us to add some simple new signage out on Cox Road. All because there's a, did you notice that, by the way, when you came in? There's a sign right there. When you go out, it'll be on your left-hand side. We get to do all that because you're faithful. You give, you, you make it happen, and we don't have to worry about simple things like the electric bill. There were days we've had to do that. But you've been faithful, and it's been a very long time. And so I'm just grateful for you. And then the other thought I had was that I'm really grateful that the Lord's promises are true, that you can't outgive God, that when you give back to him a portion of what he's blessed you with, he sends back both tangible and intangible blessing. So thank you. Let's pray about our next steps in our offering right now. Would you bow with me? Father, thank you for your goodness in our lives. We're grateful to be your children. We're grateful to worship you. We're grateful that uh, the awe in our life can be focused upon you because you're the light that doesn't end. You're the shining star that always brings brightness to our path. You're the awe-inspiring, worthy of praise God. Father, today, I pray for the men and women that are listening, that are here in this room. For those that are declaring, Jesus, wash away my sins. Cover me by your shed blood. I can't save myself, so I trust you and the work you've accomplished on the cross and in your resurrection to secure my relationship to my heavenly Father. I ask you, Lord, to take today our next steps and to take our offering to cause them to go far and wide for your glory. And I thank you once again for Pastor Justin and the work that he and his church are doing in our city bringing the light of the gospel to lost and dying people. Thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.